0: Today's Gospel text tells us that immediately after his baptism, the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness, into the desert, for 40 days. Even today, the deserts of Israel are beautiful but dangerous. You can't really trust your eyes. The sand dunes move in the wind, so it's hard to tell where you've been and where you're going. And the distances are deceiving. The towns that are on the high mesas are a lot farther away than they look. And what appear to be pools of water are only tricks of the light. The only sources of water are within highly contested Jewish settlements. And every once in a while, by the side of the highway, you'll see a Bedouin village, a collection of tents and antennas surrounded by, and I'm sure there's a reason for this, camels and foreign luxury cars. (laughs) It's a strange place. The people of Israel have always had a complicated relationship with that desert. In the beginning, Genesis tells us, Adam and Eve were kicked out of a lush garden and forced to live in the desert. When we first meet Abraham, the patriarch of all three monotheistic religions, he's living among the dunes. The roots of humanity, the Bible tells us, are in the desert. The desert is where the Hebrews are condemned to wander for 40 years after their escape from Egypt, and yet it's also where God dwells with them most closely in the midst of the camp. It's where they receive the law from Moses on the mountain. And once the people of Israel settle in greener pastures, the prophets return to the desert to seek a word from the Lord. The desert is the place where the Israelites are forced to go to learn the spiritual lessons that they refuse to learn when they're at home. It's a place of exile, a necessary evil. But on the other hand, it's also the place where Israel experiences the most intimacy with God. In the desert, God fed Israel every day with manna from heaven. In the desert, God spoke directly to the prophets. Israel has this sort of closeness with God in the wilderness that they would quickly lose as soon as they return to the comforts of home. The desert is ambiguous. It's a, a paradox, sort of, a place that Israel avoids and yearns for at the same time. So it's not a coincidence that the desert is where John the Baptist first appears, wild-eyed, and wearing camel's hair. He makes his home in the desert because the desert is a place that's away from day-to-day life. To live there, as one scholar puts it, is a vote of no confidence in the current arrangements of the world. John is telling people that the way they live isn't working out and that they need to leave home. He's calling people out into the desert, out into that place where you give up comfort, but you receive God's voice. It's also not coincidence that after Jesus is commissioned for ministry, after he hears that voice from heaven saying, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased, and before he can begin his public ministry, he also has to go to the desert. Jesus' time in the desert echoes that first experience of the people of Israel. In 40 days, he experiences physical discomfort. They're wild beasts. The other gospel writers say that Jesus fasts. He also experiences profound spiritual struggle, sort of direct confrontation with the power of evil. And yet, the text tells us that he is waited on by angels. Again, you have this sort of link between struggle and discomfort and closeness with God. And it's only after this season in the desert that Jesus is able to begin his public ministry. So those 40 years that the Hebrews wandered in the desert and the 40 days that Jesus was tempted in the desert are our models for the season of Lent. The Ash Wednesday service describes Lent as 40 days of self-examination and repentance, prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and reading and meditating on God's holy word always reminds me of the journalist H.L. Mencken's definition of Puritanism, the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. (laughs) But Puritanism is not what motivates the disciplines of Lent. We don't observe Lent because Christianity is against pleasure. It isn't. But because the long tradition of faith teaches us that some time in the desert is good for us, and that we often need a push to get there. Lent isn't about depriving ourselves of the things we love, from chocolate and alcohol to Netflix. It's about creating a little season in the desert for ourselves, a short time where we sort of clear away some of the distractions so we can get to that place of greater closeness with God. Lent isn't about self-denial for self-denial's sake. Our innocent pleasures are often places where we meet God and we shouldn't get rid of them. Lent isn't about making yourself miserable. It's about taking yourself to that place of greater spiritual intensity. It's about getting rid of the things that get between you and God and you and other people. It's about going to the desert where God has your full attention. Now, if you're like me, You're a couple days into Lent, and you're already feeling guilty because you failed at your Lenten discipline. Here's the thing. Guilt is not a very good motivator. Feeling guilty is not going to create change in your life. Trust me, if it worked, I would know. We actually get to the desert not because we feel guilty or because we get frustrated with ourselves, but because we let ourselves feel that internal pull toward God. It's a pull rather than a push. Love is always a better motivator than guilt. God isn't standing above us with a clipboard, monitoring what vows we've made, waiting for us to mess up. God instead is waiting in the desert, delighted to see us whenever we manage to get there for however long we manage to stay course, there are times when we don't choose to go to the desert. The desert comes to us, whether we like it or not. Sickness can do that. Depression, grief, family problems, struggles at work, all of these bring their own deserts. And if that's where you are this Lent, I encourage you to free yourself from the burden of seeking out some Lenten discipline and focus on the fact that God always meets us in the desert that we never have to go through our difficulties alone. Going to the desert, whether we choose to go there or whether it's brought to us, can be scary. We are without our usual distractions, our usual coping mechanisms. We can feel very alone. But if we keep our eyes open in the desert, we may be able to experience some of the same intimacy with God that the Israelites found there that Jesus found there, we may learn something new that we can take into the rest of the year. Amen.